Welcome to the PCOS Girls Podcast. I'm Bridget Warren, founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood and Mamahood Teas. And I'm Melissa Christie, founder of PCOS Pathways and creator of the PCOS Journal. And guys, we are not doctors. We are just two women with PCOS who love reading about it, talking about it, writing about it, basically just oversharing about it. (laughs) So we recommend you find a health practitioner you love to support you on your journey. In the meantime, this podcast is all about how we have gone from hormonal messes to motherhood, the simple changes we've made to improve our PCOS, and the ups and the downs of living with this complex condition. Let's get into it. Hi, welcome to the PCOS Girls podcast. I'm Mel and I'm here with Bridge. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Um, Today's episode, we have a really special guest on. It's really exciting. It is very exciting (laughs) for us. We're going to be talking all about the fertility awareness method with Melanie Angus from TempDrop. And we have to tell you guys that TempDrop are sponsoring this episode, which is so exciting for us. I hope you guys feel okay about it. It's our first sponsored episode. It's a pretty big deal for our little podcast. We actually contacted them because we were like, oh, these guys are amazing. We really want them. And they're like, we can sponsor your podcast. We're like, yes! <laughs> but it was more just out of like we were genuinely interested in TempDrop. We'd heard it. We'd seen it around the traps. We were like, mm-hmm. we really want to find out more about this. So it just sort of organically eventuated and I couldn't be more excited and more pleased by I mean, we've had a, we've, we're getting some more like we're getting some more sponsorships and people who are interested in coming across, and it's just so aligned with what we do. Like it's yeah, it makes us so happy. Like we're like <laughs> finally, <laughs> and it is because of you guys because you mm. guys tune in every week and have been so kind to us. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and we just really hope that you guys can grow with us. Hopefully, yeah. this means we can continue to grow. Um, Hopefully, it means we can finally pay for the editing that we get done. That's right. <laughs> Because at the moment we're significantly in debt from running this podcast. Yes, very, very true. But, yeah, like we were doing this interview with Melanie and honestly, like like we said, it just came about because we were interested in the product because it looked really great. And then as the interview unfolds, it's like, oh, oh, I actually really love this and we're really like, love this. We're going to go get one, yeah. which is so good. I think that's that's kind of like optimal outcome really, yeah, isn't it, that we definitely. actually love. Well, we originally wanted to speak with her because she was a fertility awareness expert, which – educator and I that's something that you guys ask all the time is like can we talk more about the fertility awareness method is it something that's relevant if you have PCOS and irregular cycles can you still use it what's the difference between like you know charting your BBT versus using tech and all this kind of stuff so we thought why don't we just find out like actually speak to someone who knows all these answers mm-hmm. and get them for you all in one place and then you can make a decision for yourself if if you know you want to do it the old school way or if you're interested in this more newer tech way which I personally know what I will be doing from now on (laughs) yeah but yeah it's really it's a really cool episode and we think you guys are going to love it well I know you're going to love it to be honest (laughs) (laughs) Um, before we jump into it we'll do a very quick catch-up I feel like we've both got pretty similar things to say about our week Uh, how was your week (laughs) I mean I'm dealing with a teething five-month-old who doesn't want to sleep and Flynn and I both had some like weird sinus thing Jesse hasn't got anything yet and Mel, maybe you can back me up on this, but like, do you find when one, like, okay, 
I find when I'm, I'm breastfeeding, I always get sickness so much worse because I feel like one, my immune system's suppressed, but two, my body's trying to make all the antibodies to protect mm-hmm. Willa. And I'm like, guys, keep your life here. <laughs> like, I don't want all this sickness. <laughs> I completely agree with you. And I know that it's true for me because... Well, Matt alerted me to this. Normally, when we get sick and it runs through the family, I handle it better than anybody. You know, like I'm always like affected the least. But, yeah, breastfeeding kind of changed that. (laughs) Oh, it's a killer. It's a killer. Also, I completely Uh, stuffed up our – we recorded another podcast during the week, which was like honestly trying to find time to record our podcast, which, like I said, up until this point, we have – not only not made money from, we've had to invest our own money into making, mm-hmm. plus having a newborn and running businesses and kids and all this kind of stuff. Like finding time to do this is really tricky. And we finally found time during the week. We it was recorded actually it on a, I think it was a Saturday morning. Oh, it was like, a Saturday so morning. Committed. Yeah, we were committed. <laughs> and then I looked at, we'd been recording for like two hours and I looked over at like my recorded, I don't know where it tells you how long you've been recording for. And it said 30 minutes. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. weird. Um, what's happening here? And then I went and checked all the audio and it had literally cut it up into 0.1 second snippets for two hours worth. And they weren't even usable because my microphone kept cutting in and out. And oh my gosh, I just felt bad. So we'll be very recording that one at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it was all good. I think it was a good one, but hey, I feel like I took it well. I, oh, I was all right about really it. Well. I was like, I hate myself. You don't need to hate me as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, my week has been kind of similar. Sick Koji, hand, foot and mouth. Um, oh, like, whoa. That's always a shock when you see, like, your child's hands covered in blisters suddenly. You're like, what? I'm yet to whoa. experience it. It always yeah. breaks out in Flynn's daycare and then I'm just waiting for it to happen ah. and he doesn't get it. I don't know how he escapes it every time. Yeah, or maybe he just gets it with no symptoms Yeah, maybe he handles it. Well, Koji mm. has handled it. He, he was, like, lethargic and stuff that day and then he's just been getting better every day since. But I feel like I can't send him to school with the blisters. No, that's a bit of a like red flag. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So he's been home. Alma randomly got a fever yesterday. She was so upset, just like screaming and crying, like in pain. And then she came good and like is fine ever since. So (laughs) I don't know, but we're all home. We're all just trying to like make it through the week. There's been a fair bit of television happening. Mm. And uh yeah, haven't been getting much work done. Same, but same, what are you same, gonna same. Do? <laughs> I know. I'm going to make a big bowl of soup tonight. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, that sounds big really bowl nice. Of nourishing soup mm. to keep us all alive. If I could send you some, Mel, I would, would oh. but you just live way too far away. So <laughs> yeah, I should probably just make my own, hey? <laughs> yeah, you can make your own also. <laughs> all right, should we jump into this app? Let's do it. A bit of good news before we jump into the interview. Today's sponsor, TempDrop, are giving you a 10% discount code to use on their all-in-one fertility monitor, aka their wearable BBT sensor and charting app. Just head to tempdrop.com and use the code PCOSGIRLS. Well, we are here with the lovely Mel. I've got two Mel's here with me right now, <laughs> but the one we are interviewing today is the lovely Mel Angus from TempDrop, and she is a fertility awareness educator. And we are so, so excited to have her on because she's answering all your questions around the fertility awareness method, um, tech that you can use, like what's the easiest way to do it. Like we have so many amazing questions and we can't wait to get through them all. But 
How are you, Mel? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, I'm very well. Thanks for having me. So, well, oh, sorry, Mel. You, no, oh, you my go. Gosh. Two Mel's, guys. It's oh going to get too many Mel's. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this is also mine and Bridget's first interview in like six months. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You've got back on the horse. I know. I've been in bloody postpartum land over here. <laughs> but, yeah, bear with that. We've also had internet issues. We've had microphone issues. We've had the gamut this morning. But everything. we're so excited to get through this. So, first of all, like one of the biggest questions that we wanted to ask ask you is why you got into fertility awareness education and what does that actually involve? Mm, Yeah, good question. Probably like most of us that end up in this space and you guys too probably similar is our own experience. And for me, that's exactly what got me started. I was searching for a way to get away from hormonal birth control a few years ago and then found, just stumbled on by Googling fertility (laughs) awareness And I was just blown away. I started to learn so many things I didn't know. I didn't realize how much my hormone health affected my overall health. And just, you know, jumping in and starting changed my life in ways I never could have imagined. Um, My health improved, my mental health improved. I became a different person. And so that kind of led me down this rabbit warren of, investigating, investigating what does what do hormones really do and how do they work and how is that reflected in our cycles. And, yeah, it's just led me for the last few years on this, this journey of wanting to help others because it did change my life um, so much. Wow, I really felt that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. I was um, like there with you. It's yeah. so true though, isn't it? Mm. Like I feel the same about even just learning about my menstrual cycle. It's just... Yeah. A game changer. It truly changes your life and you can never go back to not knowing. Like it's one of those things you just can't understand why we don't know this from a much younger age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was my story as well. And because I hadn't, you know, even tried to conceive in my life, I had not even a clue about ovulation Mm. and about how those hormonal birth controls were affecting me, how they were shutting down these natural cycles or natural parts of our body and what that was doing. I just, I had no clue. And so once I started to have my eyes opened and learn, then yeah, of course, I just want to shout it from the rooftops and go, ah, you know, it can can affect your life in in so many negative ways, but you could, you can, you know, improve that if you just have the knowledge. So, so true. Yeah. And I feel like we do have this misconception that when it comes to your cycle and ovulation and everything that really is just for you know the future if you're wanting to conceive Mm, it's not mm. something that actually you know can affect your day-to-day life and even if you're not trying to conceive but it's just such a misconception because once you learn all that information you can become so much more connected to your body and your health can improve so much so Mm. I definitely feel you and I think our PCOS journeys have definitely you know taken us to feel a similar way I want to talk a little bit about basal body temperature. Mm, um, you know, you're a part of the temp drop team, so it's definitely <laughs> something you guys are all over. But, I mean, I think later we'll get into, like, how we actually track it, but yeah. I just was hoping you could give a bit of a 101 about what it is, like yeah. what is the basal body temperature, yeah. what does it mean? Yeah, so basal body temperature is a base body temperature or a body temperature when we are most at rest. That's what it really is. And the reason that we want to track that is because ovulation affects our body temperature. So 
if we can track our basal body temperature or that low point right across our cycle, then after we ovulate, that changes and it can help us to be able to confirm that we have ovulated. Mm, Mm. Such important information, especially Mm. if you have PCOS or if you're trying to conceive. Mm. Yeah, Um, and I do think as well a lot of the questions that came through were people really not understanding the concept of what the basal body temperature mm. was and they, I think there's this really big misconception around it that it's something really confusing and like it's not you know it's it's different to normal temperature and like yes it is to an extent but it's no different to just finding a regular temperature (laughs) yeah yeah and I mean the reason the only reason that we want to try and catch that resting temperature is because throughout the day if you were to just take your temperature every hour throughout the Mm. day it will vary it'll fluctuate because of course things warm us up things cool us down So if you can get that resting temperature, it means you've got a common baseline across um, each day. That's the whole point of it because the amount that our body temperature changes with ovulation, with those changing hormones, is very, very small. So in order to get that nice steady baseline that's not affected by all these other things that we do every day, capturing that resting temperature is the best way to do that. Well, my next question for you is another one that we got asked a lot, and that is what are some of the things we can discover about our hormones and cycle basically through charting and tracking our temperatures? And is there anything we should be looking for that will be different in someone who has PCOS? Mm, Good question. This is the part I love um, (laughs) about cycle tracking, and you probably do too, is it gives you an indication of what your hormones are doing. So obviously we if we learn what we're looking for and we get the textbook cycle, then we can base our own charts against that and kind of see if it's looking normal or abnormal. And we pick up these abnormalities. Now, charting our cycles is more than just taking a temperature. If possible, it's great to track multiple fertility symptoms. So our bleeding, our bleeding patterns, our cervical mucus, if at all possible, it gives them great insights into our hormone health. And there might be other things like our symptoms around PMS or cramping or bloating or all of those things. When we're just tracking them daily, we can get a picture of how well our hormone health really is, you know, what's Mm. it look like. So especially with um, PCOS and irregular cycles, that those fluctuations can be quite large and, you know, things just don't look textbook. And so that's what we can see in our charts. It's like this real live day-to-day diary emerging right before our eyes and we can watch our patterns over time and see whether they look well, is it a healthy-looking cycle or does it look a bit abnormal and then make adjustments accordingly. Yeah, it's so amazing. I just love it. (laughs) So I guess in terms of the PCOS side of things, you just would be looking for those abnormalities that you wouldn't see in a cycle that was, I guess, more regular or didn't have any issues going on with hormonal imbalances. Yeah, because once we understand which hormones are driving those different symptoms, so which hormones affect temperature, which hormones affect our cervical mucus, what other things can affect the negative symptoms like PMS, et cetera, And then we see, oh, look, I'm getting a lot of that or it's taking me a super long time to ovulate or I'm getting lots of patches of fertile kind of mucus. Um, I'm getting multiple positives on LH tests. Mm. Then those are insights that you can go, okay, this means that this hormone isn't working quite right. You know, so it 
it just gives that insight in real time without having to go and get hormones tested yeah. every other day. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely the big pro, isn't it? I feel like that's something that I hear a lot um, and I've experienced it myself is getting those lots of patches of mm. the fertile cervical mucus. And we also had quite a few questions come through about why women with PCOS do get these positive ovulation tests when they're not maybe accurate. Yeah. yeah. Well, all that means is those ovulation tests are testing primarily luteinizing hormone. So luteinizing hormone is the hormone we need to rise to a certain point in order for the follicle in our ovary to release that egg. But that's all it's detecting is a rise in LH. And for women, especially with conditions like PCOS, their LH can be higher than normal. Um, you can get more surges of that throughout the cycle because it's just the balance isn't quite right. The signals that are coming from the brain to release that hormone is not quite right. So it is possible to get multiple LH surges throughout the cycle that don't end up meaning successful ovulation. So you can get a positive test and that means your body is releasing LH, it's trying to ovulate, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everything else is in balance to make that ovulation successful. Mm. Which is why we say don't trust your ovulation prediction <laughs> no. kits because particularly <laughs> if you have PCOS, it's very highly likely that they're not going to be accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you probably see lots of positives but not necessarily successfully ovulate. Yeah, amazing. I kind of want to talk about misconceptions because I feel like, like Bridget said earlier, there's a lot of sort of not a lot of understanding around fertility awareness and cycle mm. tracking. So what are some misconceptions that you found? Oh, wow, so many. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one one big one is people thinking that when you say fertility awareness or when you say you track your cycle, they think you mean the old calendar-based rhythm method, mm. you know, that, that method we all heard about from our parents and grandparents that went, oh, you know, I ended up pregnant. Um, <laughs> but... That's not at all what it is. It's not just saying every woman's got a 28-day cycle and you're going to ovulate on this day. That's just guesswork. But fertility awareness and ovulation tracking or cycle tracking is about tracking those multiple symptoms that your body produces under the influence of those different hormones and, you know, popping them in a chart every single day so that you've got the real live data feedback to be able to understand exactly where you are in your cycle and what's going on. So, yeah, that's a big one, that fertility awareness is not the rhythm method or the old calendar days, mm. days method. It's, yeah, um, that's interesting. Such mm, a good point. And a, to be honest, I never even really thought about that. Like, in fact, you saying rhythm method, I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. Like, I actually forgot about it. But <laughs> <laughs> We all want to forget I, about yeah. it. That would be a good thing. Let's just forget about that and um, don't bring it up again. Isn't that crazy? Look how far we've come. Like, it is quite amazing how far we have come, which is a very good thing. So yeah, yeah. I wanted to know... So if we're, if we're doing all the things to improve our health, we're doing the diet, we've changed our lifestyle, we're ha- taking supplements, herbs, whatever it is, what sort of things should we be looking out for in terms of charting and our cycle that would indicate that we're on the right track? You know, things mm. are improving, what we're doing is working. Yeah, that's a good one because that's what, yeah, charting your cycle can do for you is then you got that feedback as to, you know, these changes that I'm making, are they making things better or are they making it worse? So Number one, you'd be looking for more regularity in ovulation. That, that's your 
really mm. key goal to balancing your hormones is to become regular in ovulation, have regular cycles. And then hopefully I you'll see that if your cervical mucus has been all out of whack, you've been getting lots of patches of it and it's drying up and patches and drying up, then hopefully you might see a better pattern of cervical mucus throughout the cycle. You might see that your temperature patterns are more stable. They're not so rocky and up and down and all over the place. Mm. Um, and a nice, robust temperature shift after ovulation would be nice to see as well, just to give you that confidence that that ovulation event is strong yep. and the change over of the hormones at that point have gone well. And also lessening of the negative symptoms, mm. the PMS symptoms especially. And for those who suffer PMDD, which is not talked about enough, yeah, for sure. um, who really struggle, have an awful time um, around the time of ovulation and then in that lead up to their next period, hopefully you will see those symptoms um, get better because as your hormones balance, those things should reduce. Those things are not normal. We shouldn't be putting up with them. Absolutely. What about like like our overall temperature? Like does the – you talked about how we'll see a shift in temperature after we ovulate. Mm. But what about just the general temperature? Like is there is there like a, a range of temperature that's too low or even too high? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> there have been studies done in the past, probably not more recently, which is – something it needs investigating again. But there's been studies in the past that have linked thyroid health to the range of basal body temperature. Mm. So if your basal body temperature is quite low, mm -hmm. it could indicate that your thyroid isn't functioning 100%. Now, I will say, though, that those studies that were done or any published papers are done on oral BBT. Um, right. And mm. when it comes to temp drops reading from the axillary artery area, so it's reading from a different place which you can expect that there can be a difference between oral and this temperature. So, so those, you know, studies haven't been redone on temp drop um, ranges. Yeah. Yep. But if you feel like you may have some thyroid issues, like often thyroid issues come out in charts because um, just simply from the, the patterns themselves, like if your thyroid is underactive or not functioning very well, then your chart won't look really nice <laughs> it won't look very textbook yeah it yeah. can be all over the shop and you know very very often menstrual cycle irregular irregularities and thyroid go hand in hand mm. so <laughs> it's worth you know investigating further if you've got irregular cycles if you've got all these negative symptoms then get your thyroid checked anyway <laughs> because so, you yeah, know no matter what your range of temperatures are it's so true. I feel like we often say to people who are who have PCOS and are asking what tests to get, we often say, like, try to get your thyroid tested as yeah. well because they do often go hand in hand. But that's really interesting. So you're sort of saying that if you introduce, you know, some of these things to try and heal, like whether it's supplements or other things like Bridget said, and if you have a thyroid condition, you may see your basal body temperature just rise anyway overall. A little bit. Yeah, yeah just the, the pattern over the course of the cycle yeah. might might come. But it's not unusual to see your temperature range vary season to season anyway. Like yeah. it's not going to be steady across every single cycle, cycle after cycle. Like mm, sometimes it can be lower, sometimes it can be higher. That variation of range is not unusual and it doesn't necessarily mean anything's wrong. Mm -hmm. But if you've got super low temperatures and you find out you've got a thyroid issue, then 
as you fix that, you may see your temperature range just come up a little bit. Mm, interesting. Mm, so interesting. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to know, like, I guess a bit of detail about how to actually ensure that we're tracking our BBT accurately. I feel like a lot of people have heard about there's lots of sort of little things that you need to check off and whether it's like or explain why it's worth investing in, you know, new tech like temp drop versus mm. just tracking BBT yeah. the old-fashioned way. Yeah. So as we've already talked about, the BBT is our temperature when we're at rest, okay? So obviously if you're going to do this a traditional way with a, a BBT thermometer, then you can't capture a resting temperature properly because you, otherwise you'd have to do it when you're asleep and no one can do that. But traditionally the way to try and tr capture that is to wake early before you fully kind of wake up and before you move, before you do anything, grab your oral thermometer, um, which I will note needs to be a BBT thermometer specifically because they're more, what's the word? It's not like a traditional fever thermometer. It's more finite in the way it measures. So you get a BBT thermometer. Before you fully wake up in the morning, don't move, grab it. You put it in your mouth and you wait an appropriate amount of time and take your reading. So that's the only way that women could do it. And they did it for many, many years like that, some women mm. still do, and it works to a certain degree. But on top of that, in order to make sure that it's a nice resting temperature, you need to have slept soundly for at least three hours before you take that temperature. So right. this is where it becomes challenging for some women, um, especially if you've got littlies. Yeah. <laughs> Putting my hand up. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're a shift worker or if yeah. you're just an insomniac that doesn't yeah, sleep well. sleep or your partner yeah. gets up or whatever. Like exactly. there's so many things. Yeah. And because the temperature also needs to be taken about the same time every day, um, as close as you can. So for many women that means setting an alarm when you hear it go off, grab that thermometer, put it in your mouth. Because if you take it, you know, two hours before or two hours after when you normally would, then that can be, a, you know, inaccurate reading. So, so there's lots of checkpoints. You've got to have the right thermometer. You've got to wake around the same time every day. You've got to make sure you've had that good sleep before taking the temperature. If you're a mouth breather, that can affect the mm, obviously the temperature inside your mouth. If you want to try and get it as as possible it's good to pre-warm your thermometer so put it in your mouth and wait a minute or two before you turn it on to take the reading so that way it, wow. it gets it yeah it gets it to a sort of a stable warmth make sure your mouth's at the same temperature and you need to do that same process every day the same day it's <laughs> crazy i remember when um i was first diagnosed with pcos and i finally found a good naturopath who who really understood it and was into it and like really was helping me work through a lot of things and the first thing she wanted me to do was start tracking my bbt with a thermometer and i was like great and i took home the charts and i had everything set up next to my bed and i honestly think i lasted <laughs> Like, I don't even think I lasted two weeks, to be honest, like, <laughs> because it was so hard to do. And even at the time I was like, I would go, I was working as a horse riding instructor and like we would have on a Sunday, I'd get up really early to go coach people or whatever. And so like that one day would throw the whole thing out and I'd be like, oh, it's pointless. There's no point doing it now. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I missed that one day and I was like, oh, this is so annoying. <laughs> it's challenging. Yeah, it, it is challenging. I mean, it's, it is definitely doable. But, I mean, I started that way. That was 
you know, when I discovered fertility tracking, it was before TempDrop was out. Mm. There weren't this, there wasn't any wearable tech options. So that's the way I started. But thankfully, I'm the kind of person who has a pretty regular sleep schedule. Yeah. For me, you can it just, to it. yeah. But yeah. I will say that at the beginning for the first couple of months, it made me sleep worse because I was stressing and waking all the time thinking, you know, like if you've got to get up early to go somewhere and you keep waking up all during the night (laughs) thinking the alarm's going off, that's what was happening and it it drove me mad for for a couple of months before I just finally got my brain into the routine. Yeah, I I suppose it's routine, right? Like once you're in the routine, it's probably a lot easier. You've just got to stick with it for a little while, but still. But I remember my problem with it, was that I just was never someone who woke up at the same time every day. So, and I couldn't bring myself to change that. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't want to to be waking for an alarm every day. But I would, so I would take the test and then, uh, not the test, you know what I mean, the temperature, and it would be like, oh, but I know this isn't quite accurate, but I'll write it down anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely did that too a few times, being like, oh, I've been awake for an hour, but I'll still do it anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you've, you've got to be. You've got to have a very determined reason to to really implement that as a yes. as a habit. So for me, so um, it was avoiding pregnancy. So that yeah, made me really enough. like yeah. uh, I'm definitely going to do this right. Yeah, but you know, it's not easy. It's to think that I would have to do that for years and years and years of my life. It's not really was not a pleasant <laughs> thought. <Yeah. laughs> You're like no. no. So it's, on on that note, I guess like. I one thing I hear all the time thrown around is like using cycle tracking apps and things like that are really yeah. not accurate for people who have PCOS or regular cycles because yeah. they just really can't indicate when ovulation is happening. Is temp drop different in that regard, or do you still sort of come up with the same issues because mm. of the irregular cycles? Yeah. So just for your listeners who are not aware of what TempDrop is, so TempDrop is made up of two components. It's a wearable sensor, which is like your wearable thermometer that you pop on before you go to sleep every night, take it off when you're up for the day, and then when you're ready, whenever it's convenient, you sync it to the app and, bang, you've got your temperature. So first and foremost, it just takes away the stress of that, um, all those things we've just talked about. So if you want to use it just purely as a thermometer, you can do that because mm. you will have a list of temperatures, um, which you can do whatever you want. If you'd rather paper chart, whatever, go for it. But then the other component is the charting app that's built in. So this just makes it easier because it's all in one place yeah. and the temperature is automatically plotted in the chart and then you can go and track multi- the other symptoms that you want to in the chart right there, all in right. one place. Now, TempDrop has made allowance for people with irregular cycles because the biggest problem with charting apps is the predictions, like they're trying to predict when you will next ovulate. Mm-hmm. And if you have irregular cycles, you can't predict that. No one can. It could, you know, you could ovulate at any time. So within the TempDrop app, there's an option to turn on irregular cycles. So you, you go, yep, I've got irregular cycles. And that turns off any predictions so there's Mm. no predictions there but what it can still do for you if you wish is it can still interpret data for you so it when you do get a temperature shift a valid one it will mark that in the chart for you like right yes now you've got a valid temperature shift yeah Um, and the same if you're tracking cervical mucus it will detect peak day which 
you know, we'd learn more about, but detecting peak day with your cervical mucus is an important part of verifying if ovulation has passed. So, so would I as the user put in like the changes to my cervical mucus in the app and then it yes. would then pick up also any changes that are happening with your temperature? Yeah, correct. And help so, you work out if yeah. things are happening. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and interesting. That, and that's with that's if you upgrade to the premium features, which you totally don't have to if you don't mm. want to. This is if you are somebody who just is not confident in interpreting the data on the chart. You don't know what you're looking at. You don't know when, you know, your temperature has shifted to the right values. So you can upgrade to the premium and that will give you the interpretation. Right. Conversely, if you are confident about what you're looking at, there's an option to turn on manual mode and now you can manually interpret your chart yourself. So if you know how to pick a temperature shift, you can put that in. If you know what your peak day is, you can put that in and do manual interpretation as well. And that is actually a free feature. So you can use the app totally for free, track multiple symptoms and then interpret your own chart. Mm, that's cool. That's really mm. cool. Yeah. So you've got it's we're kind of trying to, you know, make it useful for everybody. So yeah. whether you're an experienced fertility awareness person or whether you're brand new and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. There's kind of options there for everybody. That's a really great idea. And I, I think that that's awesome because so many people who are really new to this or have just mm-hmm. started to come across fertility awareness method are probably a bit like, oh, I just want to get a grasp on it. I just want to yeah. sort of like dip my toe in, see if it's for me, see if it's helpful. And then we all know you dip your toe and you're like, oh my gosh, my my mind is blown. I need to learn more. But it's true. It can be quite intimidating. So that's, that's really interesting. And like Mel and I, neither of us have actually tried temp drop. So we were really intrigued about it and interested in, yeah, learning more about it. Yeah. Well, we hope that you will. Well, I think this is a really interesting time for me personally to try it because I've just sort of literally just come out of my postpartum period. I've just had ah, my yeah, first yeah. period, um, yeah. like literally right now. <laughs> right. And so I guess, I mean, yeah, I guess I have questions around using fertility awareness method and something like temp drop in that postpartum period Uh, but also now like I just feel like I'm in this kind of like I don't know this land yeah exactly exactly (laughs) yeah and I'm still breastfeeding so I don't know I I don't know what's going on so it's a really good time for me to start that but do you think the fertility awareness method is something that can be used during the postpartum period yeah look there literally millions of women all over the world that use it remembering that probably this whole process was kicked off because of religious the yeah, religious base yeah, the sure. nfp so natural firming planning this is the only way that they can space family so so all of those women who have learnt to do it well have been able to successfully chart through their postpartum phases mm. and avoid pregnancy when they wanted to and then conceive again when they wanted to it's a bit more, you know, it is trickier and it takes more effort, mm. but it can be done. It definitely can be done. And the number one fertility symptom to watch during that time is your cervical mucus patterns because that's going to let you know when your body is at least attempting to try and ovulate and let you know when you're in your fertile phases. So, that's so do you know what? You're making me realise how handy this would have been over the last like four months, I think it's been, where I started to see 
fertile cervical fluid yeah. every month and I started spotting every month but no proper period and I've been like I don't know what's happening what's going on yeah and this <laughs> and is I, where if you added temperatures yeah you would have that confirmation did I ovulate or was it a failed attempt did I ovulate or was mm, it a failed attempt and then so cool. you would know then straight away oh look my temperatures haven't risen after mm-hmm. this little patch of cervical mucus I've not yet ovulated I'm still potentially fertile and then Conversely, when it if it did finally happen, if you did have that first ovulation postpartum, mm. straight away you would know, and you would know when to expect that next period. So That's true, so interesting. So <laughs> Mel, like Mel, Mel, my Mel. Mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. How many months postpartum is you? Because I'm five months postpartum now, and I'm sort of like, is it still too early, or do I would starting now be helpful? We say start straight away. I mean, start straight away. Okay, obviously that's. Because you're you're going to ovulate before you get your first period. Um, yeah, yeah. So right. you might you might so experience so a bleed, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that's a period. Mm. Um, that might be a breakthrough bleed. But when you finally do have your return of fertility, you are going to ovulate first. So mm. if you're not tracking, you won't catch it. You can't wait to the bleed and then start tracking. Yeah, it's done because it's done, and that's <laughs> yeah. where where again it's probably one of those, oh, what were we saying, about the myths with postpartum, they think, oh, you know, I can't fall pregnant until mm. I start bleeding. Well, oh, no, so sorry. False. Yeah. <laughs> so false. It is the fertility comes first. So if you're tracking and you capture that, then you know, okay, yep, my fertility is back and now I can make fertility decisions about around that. <gasps> and so I, would, I would also say, Bridge, like it isn't too early just because like, well, in my experience, both postpartums have been really different. So after mm-hmm. Koji, my period came back after 13 months and now I'm mm. 17 months postpartum with Elma, like substantially longer. So yeah. it could go substantially earlier as well. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, so mm. true. And then what about the breastfeeding thing? Is that Does that have any changes? It wouldn't with, I guess, the temp yeah. drop stuff, but obviously hormones overall, but it won't affect, would it, does it affect your temperature? No. So you can still track, you're still tracking. All it means, like, you know, generally breastfeeding will suppress ovulation. Yeah. Well, it, sh- it should, but it, it doesn't should. always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always, ladies, <laughs> just saying. So, yeah, all you'll see is on your charts, you'll just see no indication of ovulation. Yeah. So it'll just be. Pro, you know, your temperatures will probably be more erratic than somebody with super good regular cycles yeah, because well, your hormones sense. are fluctuating Yeah, and the temperatures will reflect that. But overall, you're looking for that ovulatory pattern and you'll still be able to see it. So interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we asked those. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I have a really random question. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but it just came to me. Like when you've got, so you've put the temp drop on your arm. Mm-hmm, and correct. it takes your temp, like your temperature through the night, like at, at yes. multiple points, is it? Yeah, th- every every twelve and a half seconds. So okay, wow. oh. thousands of <laughs> thousands wow. of points. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so my question's kind of a technical one. Like, does it have to be, you know, like connected to your phone, Wi-Fiing mm. that information throughout the night, or is it something that? Because I sleep with my phone on flight mode. I guess that's why I'm asking, yes. and I'm wondering yes. if that's a problem. Yeah, it's a very good question. Glad you brought it up. No, it is not connected to your phone during the night when it's on and recording. This okay, is, this is actually <laughs> kind of helps set temp drop apart, I think, because we're all a bit 
you know, we don't really like things transmitting mm, signals yes. on our body while we sleep or long term anytime. Yeah. Um, so when it's on and recording, it is not transmitting anything at all. It's run by a simple watch battery. That's it. Mm. Oh, um, that's wow. what's powering it. Yeah. So you don't have to recharge or anything. It's it's a replaceable watch battery. Yep. Um, and that's all that's powering it. The only time that it sends a signal is when you manually sync it to the phone. So that's a manu- manual process where you need to press the button in the app, press the button on the sensor, connect it, and that takes around 30 to 50 seconds. Um, and when do sync, you need to do that? Down. So it's best practice to do it daily if you can remember. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it as soon as you wake, take it off. So what happens with temp drop is your body temperature will keep it on and recording once you remove it from your body and it cools to a certain point it will switch off right so it knows if you're having one of those mornings where you've got to get up and get going just take it off your arm set it aside let it switch off and go about your day and then you can come back later and sync it whenever it's convenient Mm. if you want to or if you like me and expecting ovulation you might want to sync it as soon as you wake up just because you're like all right what's my temperature today Yeah. yeah um so and you can even it can hold up to three average nights worth of data between syncs. So if you're away from Wi-Fi, away from internet, because it doesn't need internet to sync, if you're away for a couple of days, you can just record the data and then when you get back into internet range, you can sync it. But, yeah, we say best practice is to sync every day, but whatever time is convenient to you, whether it's before you go to sleep, it doesn't matter. Once it shuts down, it's safe. Like it will keep that data on there until you sync it. So even if it's six months later it'll still have that night's reading on there. Yeah, wow. I yeah. love that because, I mean, one, yeah, I, I don't like the idea of having to have my phone mm-hmm. on and Wi-Fi through the night, but also just that you don't have to do it as soon as you wake up because that yeah. is the problem with that kind of more typical way of recording this with a normal thermometer is having to do it like as soon as you wake up, same time mm. every day, like that's the problem. No, so you don't, don't I love that. To, yeah, when you sync does not affect the reading because you know those data points are recorded all night long mm. and it's going to select one of them from the time when you're asleep and that will happen no matter when you sync it yeah, so interesting so cool. <laughs> and just another question from people who haven't used it yet yeah. it's just like a armband isn't it from yeah. what i've seen and then yeah. it just sits on like the inside of your arm is that like Correct. the actual so, temp drop bit yeah yep so if you feel just mm. below your armpit on the upper inside of your arm so mm-hmm. as if, you know, you're doing muscles. Be- yeah, do do muscles and feel <laughs> between, between that bicep and tricep just yep. below the armpit hairline, yeah, that kind of soft dip there, that's where it sits. So oh, yeah. I can yeah, feel so like we're all doing it on the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, thank goodness people can't see us, but, yeah, yeah we've got our arms up. <laughs> so it's just a soft armband that holds the sensor up against the skin in that position to be able to get that auxiliary um, temperature reading. And, very, very common question we get is, do I have to sleep with my arm against my side? No, you don't. <laughs> That's This is the magic of the algorithm that comes along with TempDrop. Um, the server algorithm has the ability to learn and filter variables such as, you know, putting your arm up, putting your arm down, putting it under a blanket, moving, um, all of those things. It learns your normal patterns and it can filter those out to make sure that the temperature it gives is you know, a true basal body temperature. I love that so much. I, I think it's 
just really cool when you see technology evolving in ways that mm. like can really help your day-to-day life and help with fertility and things like that because yeah. I feel like we do need all the help we can get um, especially like you said earlier you know you were losing sleep at night like mm. you know worrying yeah. about getting up and doing that and if you're someone who's trying to conceive or like I was when I started my whole journey with BBT I was post miscarriage so I was desperate mm. to conceive and you know to be able to take a little bit of anxiety out of that I think yeah is really, that's really cool. that's what I always <laughs> say it's just stress-free temping yeah. like yeah um, and and it's smart technology like it's more you can kind of look at it you if you buy one you look at it and you go oh it's just such a little piece of plastic mm. but the technology behind it is very clever like mm. like I was talking about that algorithm mm. you can't take a skin temperature without the outside influences of what's going on around the environment temperature all those things movement that all has to be accounted for so that's the magic of temp drop is yeah. that algorithm and its ability to filter all that stuff out and get a true temperature yeah that's amazing even like yes. when you were saying before about your the temperature of your mouth and things like that yeah, or like warming exactly. up like you don't think about that sort of thing when you're oh, you know no. doing it the old school way but no. that's been so helpful I I honestly I'm pretty keen to go try yeah. the temp drop to be yes. honest um <laughs> yeah. oh well I sort of didn't think it was relevant to me because I was so early postpartum but now I'm like what of course it mm. is like I might as well just be getting as much information as possible that's right mm. and I guess that's the same if you have a regular cycles as well like you can't not have enough information like there's no such thing as exactly. not <laughs> because yeah. there's I'm actually frustrating than missing that like miss yes. having yes. just at the integral time when you are like oh did I ovulate or did I not mm. and you don't have the data to let you know where you're at like it's just yeah. like oh so if you as much as it's like oh I might have to do this for months and months and months yeah ovulation it's worth it because once it happens you know yeah and definitely really reassuring and hearing about it all, I'm like, I'm surprised you and I, Bridge, don't already have it. Like. I know. I feel a bit <laughs> yeah, silly. what is going on here? What is going on? I know. It's so weird. I guess we've been in like pregnancy land yeah. and yeah. baby land for so long. You don't think about it. You don't think about it. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm so into this. I think this is fantastic. And like, I'm, I'm, I just think, yeah, there's the more information we have, the better. And if this is a really accurate, easy to get information, then it's sort of a no brainer in yeah. on my end. Anyway, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> Melanie, thank you so much for being here today and um, chatting to us about all of that. Guys, you can look at tempdrop at tempdrop.com and they're also on Instagram at tempdrop. Yeah, do that. <laughs> look us up. Have a yep. look. Yeah. We've got lots of um, lots of educational information through our social media and also yeah. through our website um, mm-hmm. because we are a company geared towards education. We don't want to just provide a device where you have no idea what it's doing or what you're looking at. That's you fantastic. Know, our, yeah, and this is part of, you know, being a fertility awareness educator and, and having our team made up of fertility awareness um, users mm. so we're we're wired to think you know what information did I you know that helped me and mm. what information do women need so there's lots of lots of education that goes along with it so definitely look up the website follow us on the social media and um and even within the temp drop app once you buy it there's educational materials that you can access there as well oh fantastic I was wondering that 
Yeah, that's so good. Well, thank you so, so much. I'm sure you'll be uh, bombarded with more questions now from all our followers. But yeah, check out the website. It sounds like you've got some really great free resources on there, which is an amazing place to start anyway, even if you're just getting into this whole fertility awareness stuff. It's a great place to have a look at. Yeah, the whole world out there. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you. Thank you, Bridget. Thanks, Mel. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Don't forget that TempDrop has given you a 10% discount code. Just head to tempdrop.com, that's T-E-M-P-D-R-O-P.com and use the code PCOSGIRLS.